Hello everyone and welcome to what should have been a special episode of the Kent Only podcast in one way, but in fact it's special in an entirely different way. As you know, this is a show that Matt Gerrard and I, John Phipps, do in our spare time and this week, that has been a premium. Between reshuffled lunch breaks, late night freelance shifts, dentist appointments and, well, one of us sodding off on holiday, we've not actually managed to get 40 minutes to chat to each other to bring you a proper podcast. To put it into perspective for you, we only saw each other for about half an hour either side of our radio show on Monday night, so even though we were together, we didn't even get the chance to catch up properly then either. I kind of miss him, to be honest. So what you're going to get from this week's show is a lot of me talking, a bit of Matt, and three interviews, which we did have lined up anyway, just before time ran out on us, and we wanted to bring them to you anyway. Um, This is our 50th episode, our half century. As Matt said last week, he never got to raise his bat, and... As someone who managed a 50 on the cricket field, I'm going to allow him to raise his metaphorical podcast back to the listeners. So, if you see a fella marching around the yellow label section at MS in Westwood Cross saluting an imaginary crowd, don't worry, don't be alarmed, it's just Matt Gerrard. Um, it's quite nice that he's not here, actually, because it is our 50th episode and it does make you think a little bit um, about the podcast and where it's all come from. And obviously, incredibly grateful to every single person who's listened to the show um, since we started it in August last year. And of course, all the many managers and players who've given up their spare time to talk to us um, for five, ten minutes and given us a, a show that we're really proud of. And, um, you know, so I really want to say a thank you to them. But obviously, I have to say a massive thank you to Matt as well. This was uh, this was an idea that I'd been mulling over for quite some time. I was inspired by a few various things. And uh, Matt and I got on really well and, and, I, and I sent him a message in June last year and I said Matt do you think there's any mileage in doing a podcast possibly about non-league football in Kent and um, the original conversation we had was oh, it wouldn't be more than half an hour and various things but we kind of found as we got into it it's just flowed um, and I think it's a really good show and, and I hope that you guys out there all enjoy it but what I do need to say obviously is is Matt is, is brilliant he um He's obviously a really nice guy. He, he works. He's got two kids as well. And, you know, he's got his life. But he always finds time to do the podcast. I mean, you look at some of the places we've done it in a, when he was in a taxi on the way home from, from Gatwick. And obviously we've got our radio show, which also brings other commitments. And um, But Matt's still there every Wednesday, gives up his lunch hour, goes and sits in an office on his own and uh, talks to the podcast. And I, I want to say that I really, really appreciate Matt. I know sometimes it may sound a little bit like... Um, I'm sort of leading this because I'm obviously in normal, better sound quality than Matt. And um, obviously I always start the podcast. I do all the editing, etc. But this is an absolute 100% joint thing. And uh, Matt is a massive part of this podcast. It would not exist if it wasn't for Matt Gerrard. And I am really grateful to him for, for helping us do this because I've, I felt there was a, a gap in the market for something like this. And, and what we found over the past 50 episodes is that there there really was a gap in the market for this. And, and what we've also found, and, and this was not what I was expecting at all, but what I found is that, you know, the further down the pyramid we go, the more you guys seem to lap us up and seem to love the show and give it a bit of promotion. And and to me, that that's that's kind of the big thing. Um, the reason that I decided to, to float this idea to Matt was because I didn't feel that the clubs were being represented that well because some of the local papers had, had stopped covering them. And, you know, my driver behind that was the likes of Margate and Ramsgate, who, you know, are fantastic clubs. But what I've found is, you know, places like Lordswood and Irith Town and um, other teams in the scaffold, Sheppey United, for example, Canterbury City. When I've spoken to you guys, you've always been so welcoming. You've always been so good to us. 
and uh, you know you, you you say nice things about us as well, and you know it gives us a real kick because a real boost because we're just two blokes who yeah we're we're very we're obviously passionate about football, um, we're passionate about what we do, and we love to see teams doing well in Kent, and it gives us such a validation when you guys appreciate what we do, and so. All I need to say, really, to round up this bit, because I am waffling on a little bit and I'm aware of that, is thank you to everyone out there. We do appreciate you so much. Every retweet, every like, every listen, you know, we look at the listening figures and every, everything that you say about us, we appreciate it so much. And thanks to everyone who's helped us out over the past 50 episodes. And here's to the next 50. Um, anyway, we've got two choices this week. Should we start with the negatives or should we start with the positives? I'll tell you what. Let's go with a positive, shall we? An excellent weekend in the FA Vars for several of our Kent teams. In fact, only three Southern Counties EC Premier teams were knocked out on Saturday, and two of them, K-Sports and Glebe, were up against other Kent sides, while the third, Punjab United, lost 9-8 on penalties at Staining Town. Um, we'll start by talking about the game I was at on Saturday, which, which was at K-Sports, um, where Deal ran out 4-1 winners. I actually missed the opening goal, as I was, as usual, running a little bit late. And then I also had a bit of a mission to actually find where I needed to be um, at K-Sports. But but deal with worthy winners. Um, K-Sports is an interesting place. So if you've never been there, I'd, I'd certainly recommend it. It's a nice little setup they've got there. Um, it's in Ditton and, and it's, it's grown quite a bit. It's in Ditton near Maidstone. And they've got lots and lots of facilities there, lots of sporting facilities. But then tucked away in a little corner is a, is a proper step five football ground and that's where K-Sports play. Um, they were beaten 4-1 on Saturday um, and after the game I quite with both camps and we'll start by hearing from the beaten boss, K-Sports' Chris Browning. We were always disappointed to lose, especially at home, but um, I think we, um, we we played well for a staff. Uh, we're slightly unfortunate to go in 2-1 uh, down and then uh, second half I think they just maybe had a rollicking half time and their quality come through oh, Steve just said to me he said you know yeah. he thought they were poor first yeah, half so yeah. I think that's probably the, the yeah, way it goes but they're, they're yeah. a good side yeah they are they? a good side yeah and obviously we're um, newly promoted club so there's a lot of um, uh, we're a bit naive in certain areas obviously we've we've had to um, make a few changes obviously the keepers come in we've uh, promoted the goalkeeper from our under 18s and I thought he did well today you know I mean he did well last week but it's just uh, not not a lot of protection in front of goal, and obviously mistakes are there. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate. But then you know we need to blood these lads sooner rather than later. Do you know what I mean? So that's the club we are. How's the uh, step up been? I, I, I mean, obviously you've only got four points, is it so far? Yeah, so I guess you're obviously yeah. finding it quite tough. Yeah, of course we knew we would. Do you know what I mean? We knew we would find it tough. To be honest with you, there was uh, you know we haven't really spoke about what our expectations are obviously we want to survive and everything else but um, you know we uh, we did well last season obviously getting promoted um, it wasn't helped pre-season obviously losing you know four or five key players to clubs with better budgets than, than what we were offering um, so yeah it's been it's, it's been tough but it, it, it's um, it, it's strange really they're, they're, even though we've lost today there are, there are still more positives you know what I mean from our side and um, we had a few out again today, but I've, you know I've put in three under 18s. You know what I mean, which I'm pleased with. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I, I'm fully aware it's a results game. But um, I, I'm in a bizarre sort of way because I love my football. I'm still enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, you know we we got Tonk last week against Chatham, but the lads were back again today and they give it another you know another go, and they will give it give it their all. I just think obviously we just do we we lack that little bit of quality as a promotion side will will lack when they step up. You know what I mean? So. It's an interesting setup here, really, because mm. you're just kind of the the focal point of, of a big, a big, big, big picture around mm. all around you, aren't you? Mm. So, mm. I guess, what does that mean? The expectations are for for the first team and, and where they go. 
Well, it, again, it's the, it's the highest the club's ever played. You know what I mean? So, um, the expectations are for, for this for this forthcoming season is just just to survive. You know what I mean? Try and get you know experienced players in and mix it in with the youth. You know what I mean? But then we've got to be careful we don't go too youth or too experienced because the experienced ones want a lot of money, and then the youth players aren't will have errors and mistakes in them as, as we've seen today. Do you know what I mean? So it's a it's a it's a balancing act and. Uh, I, I, I would most like to think, you know, in the future, I won't put years on it, but you know, it's all set up for for Roman football. But then every every club in our league set up for that. Do you know what I mean? So and there's there's teams like the Deal Towns and Tunbridge Wells. They've been in our league for 20, 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Try, you know, you know, this is our first season, isn't it? So it's just small steps at the moment. But you know, I'm I'm pretty much one of them people. It's just small steps. Do you know what I mean? So we've got to. Uh, we need to maybe get some more experienced players in, and also just find our feet in this league first before we start looking else. You know, looking at other things. But you know, the ground's coming on and everything else, and um, we've most probably achieved a lot earlier than what as we expected. You know what I mean? Like we only had two seasons in the, in the Victor League, and then we got promotion. Do you know what I mean? So just bedding it all in. But again, we've got to be careful that we don't get into a relegation scrap. And when you have a big rise like that, I suppose it's hard. People don't necessarily know you're here, so you know. Mm, it, true. You know, you've got a lovely yeah. little setup here, lovely little ground. I've enjoyed yeah. my afternoon here. Yeah, I guess good. It's yeah. About making sure that people know. Yeah, that's that, it. That yeah. You are here. Yeah. Well, obviously the old when it was called the old APM, I think they had a bit of a following from Ditton Elsford and everything else. And then obviously what happened to APM when I first took over in uh, Kent County Division Two. You know what I mean? I think they had to apply to get back in the league. And that's uh, when I took over. You know, it was roughly two men and a dog. You know what I mean? And I think the dog got lost. So, um, so we're building on that. We're trying to get it out there. Um, but to be honest with you, the organisation K Sports have, have really um, been encouraging towards us. You know what I mean? Have, have supported us a lot. And obviously, uh, the reason we're playing at this level now is because of a lot of the hard work they've done to get the pitch ready. So, together, it's um, coming together with them. But we, we obviously do need community to get involved massively. And next week. Deal yeah. Town again. Deal so Town away, is, yeah. Is it good to play a team that have just beaten you 4 1 again um, straight away, or would you rather just forget about them for a few months? No, no, I just, no not really. We've, we've, we've got to go down there and play. Um, I, th- I think it was scheduled for a Tuesday night game, so to play them on a Saturday is a little bit better for us. Um, but no, we, 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 we've just got to go out there and just keep, just keep playing, you know what I mean? It, we, we've worked hard to get into this league. And I, my, my, we just got to go there and have a go. Do you know what I mean? And just, I'll just reshape the side or do something, and just we just keep going. You know what I mean? We will just keep going, and that, that's that's got to be it. We got to be positive in everything we do. As I say, K Sports are a new. They're quite a new club to me. That they they weren't one I was particularly aware of uh, before in the in the last couple of years, and and obviously they've they've shifted around a little bit. And, and you heard Chris say, you know, the difficulties that they have there because a lot of people don't necessarily know they're there and. It is quite difficult. It wasn't a big crowd there on Saturday, but it, it was nice to get down there and see. And you could tell the K-Sports, he, he mentioned there that they'd lost some of their players after they got promoted. And, and it, it kind of showed. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but it did look a little bit like they were they they were struggling. I mean, they're struggling a little bit in the league as well. And, and they were well beaten on Saturday by a, a very impressive deal side who I'll talk about a little bit more uh, in a moment or two. But... What you can say about K Sports is they're a work in progress. They've obviously got some that they've got some good players there, and it's just managing to find that winning formula for them. And I'm sure they're going to be absolutely fine this season. You know, they, they can get a few people in, but losing players as they did was a real struggle. Kane Smith was obviously the big one. He he was their top scorer last year, the main man, and he's gone to Lords where he's still banging the goals in. Um, but 
how do you replace that? And, and it's difficult when you're a team that's newly promoted. How do you get those players to come in? And you can only sympathise with K-Sports at the moment, but I'm sure they will find their feet and then they'll pick up a few wins and, and they'll look back at the start of the season and think, oh, well, it was a bit tough at the start. Um, and I suppose another thing is, is you look at uh, Punjab as well. They're not exactly flying high. So maybe the gap between um, Scaffold Premier and Scaffold Division 1 is, is a bit bigger than we thought. Because I think that sometimes you may look at it and think it's a little bit interchangeable. I know Fisher have done OK so far this season, but both K-Sports and Punjab are finding it a little bit tough in their first season at this level. And I think that does make a difference. If you've not been there before, you've probably not got players who've played at this level before, then it is a little bit difficult. And you can understand perhaps why they're struggling just a little bit. One team who aren't struggling is Deal. And I spoke to uh, to Steve King, who I, who I know from my time covering Ramsgate, and he, he told me he's head coach at Deal and what he said is a complicated managerial setup. But no one's going to care if they keep performing as they did on Saturday. Yeah, it was in the end. Uh, fought second half, we played well. Um, I thought we were poor first half, but we took two chances. Do you know what I mean? Good early goal. I thought the second goal was a good bit of quality. Um, we struggled. We struggled first half. Don't know why. We've been good recently, but second half we were comfortable. And I think once we got the third, um, we saw the game out nicely and we probably could have had a couple more at the end. So, yeah, really pleased. It looks like you've got quite a, a decent side here. You've got plenty, plenty about you. Yeah, well, we've been building it for three years, really, and just drip-feeding people in, and it's taken us a while to get to where we want to. Um, but going forward, I think now we've got three, four dangerous players, and I think for opposition sides, we've got to worry about different threats rather than just one. We've always played through Connor Coyne for quite a few years, and anybody who knows us knows that. But now we've got people off him. Teams are struggling to double up on him, and he's having more of an effect and we score goals in every game really um, we've let a few in at the other end because uh, we've really we've gone with an attacking philosophy this year um, but when you've got goal scorers you're in every game so yeah we're, we're pleased with where we're at You see so that you, you changed the way you attack it showed with the second goal really good ball forward out wide and then a, a, a simple chance for Connor Yeah yeah, we got we got bodies committed forward and we brought, brought in uh, Ben Cardwell this year who's done well for us just playing a little bit deeper he likes to run with the ball um, and yeah, on this surface, it's lovely, isn't it, when you get those. We train on a 3G, so um, we work on them a lot in training. Can't always do it on the grass pitches, but yeah, I think that one and the third goal were very similar in terms of little, just little pockets of play and yeah, two good finishes, so really pleased. Generally, really good starts to the season. You know, only one defeat in the league and, and you push it. You, you, your face is saying you're not that happy, but you've got to be pleased with where you are. Yeah, yeah, no, we're pleased. I think that the, the face is... We, First game of the season, we went to ASC Croydon and we conceded three penalties, which we thought we were a tad unlucky with, and we dropped two points there from a winning position. Um, and we had a goalkeeper sent off, which again we thought a bit unluckily at Sheppey, and we lost that one from being 1 0 up. So I'll pull a face because we started well, but I think we're probably three or four points down on where our performances have probably been. Uh, and we know we've got some tough fixtures coming up. So yeah, we're really pleased with it, but we're not getting carried away. League-wise, this is wide open, isn't it? I've, I've not, I've, I've been obviously keeping an eye on scores. Beckenham fit seven today uh, against Crowborough, but so yeah. they're obviously one team that's up there. But it, it looks to me like it, there's, there's a few, there's no outstanding team. There's, there's four or five, six of you that could all push on. Yeah, I think we've obviously losing two last year, Seven Oaks and Whitstable, along with Crowborough when they had the money, were sort of like the three standout sides. So to lose the top two, to have nobody relegated. As obviously given all those sides that were in and around it. Well, I think we come seventh last year and we looked at it and we were sort of like fourth ranked uh, side starting the league. Now, obviously, Chatham have invested this year and they're going to be well up there. Beckenham were 
obviously fourth last year, so they'll be expected. Cray Valley are a good side. But I think you're right. I don't think anyone's going to be running away with it. Uh, Beckenham have started great, but um, I think it could be yeah, it could be wide open. And, and until we're out of it mathematically, we'll, we'll keep looking to win games and try and stay in. Try and, try and stay in touch at the top and see where we go. SFA Vars, they're still the last Kent club to win it. Um, you, you've breezed bree through your first round. When do you start thinking, oh, this could be exciting, or do you just take each game as it comes? We take each game as it comes, but we find it exciting from today. It's a massive competition for the club. We've got a little museum being built at the ground of the Vars win, um, and a lot of the players from that time are still in contact with the club, do you know what I mean, and, and still wish us well. Tommy Sampson still gets in touch, do you know what I mean, and um, we love the journey. I think the great thing about the FA Vars is any side can win it. You're never going to play a side that's above your level. Um, and I th- although you take each game as it comes, I think why the boys just said seven to win. Um, so you've got a dream, haven't you, in football, do you know what I mean? And uh, we was unlucky last year, we drew Chichester um, away and we had to go down there on a Tuesday night after it got postponed on a Saturday. And they're a good side, I think they're, they're top of their league or very close to the top of the Southern Combination League at the minute. Um, so it was a bit unlucky. You need a bit of luck in the draw, we're very good at home. Uh, we don't lose many games at home, to be honest. Um, so if we can get a couple of home draws, who knows? We just want to go as far as we can because it's great for a club like ours and we're always going to get that extra little bit of attention because, like I say, we're the only Kent club that have, have won it before. So, And just generally, what would make a good season for Deal, would you say? Uh, we would... Again, it goes on draws, but we'd like to try and win a trophy. The club hasn't actually won a trophy since it won the Vars in 2000. Uh, so the Kent Senior Trophy and uh, the League Cup are two targets uh, based on how the draw goes. Um, we come seventh in the league last year. We got 60 points. Our aim is to beat that. Um, but I think bigger for us as a club, it's for anybody who comes to watch us at the end of the season. And if they can say they're in a better shape, they've developed from where they were last year, they're a better side now, uh, that'll be good for us because we want to try and have a go in the next couple of years. Obviously, it depends on what happens in the league and who stays in it. But the ground's been developed and the clubhouse is lovely and a lot of the stuff off the pitch is now sorted. So, I mean, that's the longer-term aim, but we haven't got anybody putting loads of money in, so we do it very sensibly. So if we can beat 60 points and possibly get some silverware, we'd be absolutely delighted. I was really impressed with Deal on Saturday. They lined up in a... It was a 5-3-2, but it was very fluid, and there was a couple of players that I really, really thought were exceptional. I thought that Reeves, who played right full-back or right wing-back, was was ex- was really, really good. Got forward well, um, got back when he needed to, and t- delivered some dangerous set-pieces and, and really looked the part. But Lee Scott in centre midfield was also absolutely fantastic. He sort of played in the in the holding role of a, of a quite narrow midfield three, really, um, in front of the three centre-halves. He was always looking to get on the ball, always looking to do something with it. And and from from the moment that the game sort of kicked off, I, I was really impressed with him. But to be honest, the whole deal side was, was impressive on the day. And you can see that they're set up for a very good season. And as we've said a few times, as, as you will have heard me say to a lot of managers, the league is wide open. There's no reason why a deal can't go on and win that league. You know, they know they're a big club there. And they'll be hoping that they can they can push on because you know that they've been there a while. It's the exact opposite to what I was just saying about K Sports before that interview. Deal are settled at that level. They've got players experienced at that level. They, as you heard Steve King say there, he wasn't impressed with the first half. He didn't think they played particularly well. They were still two one up at half time. They've got pace going forward. They've got Connor Coyne, who's he's a big target man, and and he puts himself about and makes it makes life hard for the defenders that he's up against. And, and that's what you need at that level. 
And as I say, I thought Deal were really, really impressive on Saturday. And I can see them going well in the league. And I also got a feeling they may go deep in this FA Vars. Because as you heard Steve King say there, they're the last Kent team to win it. They they take this competition seriously. And last year, I remember when we were talking to managers in the Vars, none of them ever said that they started thinking about Wembley until it got a lot, lot later in the piece. What did he say there? We said it was how many more games to Wembley after the game. It's in their minds. They can focus on that competition. They can focus on everything. And I think that Deal Town are in for a really, really good season. And I wish them very, very well. Um, elsewhere in the FA Vars on Saturday, it was AC London 2, Irith Town 3. AFC Van Demians nil, Canterbury City 2. Chatham 5, Camberley 1. Corinthian 3, Glebe nil. Guildford nil, Rustall 2. SC Timsby went out. They lost 1-0 at home to Banstead. Selsey nil, Bearstead 2. Sheppey United beat Seaford Town 5-3. Lordswood hit six down at St Francis Rangers. Um, we've already heard Staining beat Punjab on penalties after a 1-1 draw. Cray uh, Valley PM made it through on Sunday. And Tunbridge Wells and Brydon Ropes replay on Wednesday night after a 1-1 draw after extra time at the Colvin on Saturday. Uh, the next round of the FA Vars is on October the 13th, so we've got a few weeks before that happens. Two all Kent ties in there uh, as Corinthian host Deal and Beersted host Beckenham. Uh, Sheppey United also got home ties, as did the winner of the Tunbridge Wells against Brydon replay. Well, there's also some stonking names in there as well. I may even save the name that I've got written down in front of me from the Greek Orthodox Church for when I can actually speak to Matt and ask him a little bit about that one. Um, there was also one game in the scaffold on Saturday and Beckenham took over at the top as they hit seven past Crowborough. Um, as we've said before, the Southern Counties East League is still in its infancy, really, because of all these cup games. And obviously there's more cup games this weekend. We'll be talking about those shortly in the FA Cup. Um, but Beckenham have, have got... Well, played 6-1-6, six, six, you can't argue with that. Chatham uh, are two points back, having played a game more. And then you've got AFC Croydon in third with 13 points from five games. And Deal have got 12 points from seven. So it's still a very early days. And if you look further down the table, Crowborough have played eight games, got nine points. Canterbury City have played four games, got nine points. So it is a very, very, uh, very, very interesting season. And I remember having this conversation many times about the schedule last season. And I'm sure we'll be having it many more times uh, over the course of this season. Uh, just running through very quickly the fixtures this week in the scaffold you've got on Saturday. Oh, sorry, on Friday night, you've got Beckenham Town against Rustall. And then on Saturday, Chatham against Crowborough, Corinthian against AFC Croydon, Croydon against Beersted, Deal Town against K Sports again, Fisher against Lordswood, Hollands and Blair against Glebe, Sheppey United against Punjab, and Tunbridge Wells against Canterbury City. Okay, so that was the positives then. What a lovely weekend it was in FA Vars, but we'd better move to the other end of the scale and the National League. Dover Athletic, Matt's boys are bottom of the table. Uh, we'll be discussing them shortly. Maidstone are third bottom. They lost to Harrogate. And Ebbsfleet were hammered 4-1 at Wrexham. That game was all over at half-time. And I understand Darren McMahon kept his players in the dressing room for quite some time after the game. While well, Bromley were beaten at home by Salford. A controversial red card for Adam Mecky in that game. Um, but a disappointing weekend for all of our teams. And before the game on Saturday where Dover lost to Solihull... Matt caught up with Tony Hudd, non-league football expert in, in Kent. Well, football expert in Kent. And Tony admitted that things are looking tough for some of our teams. Yeah, alongside me, uh, Tony Hudd, Kent football expert. Six weeks into the season, Tony, what's your view so far? Well, I think it's got to be one of disappointment. I think when you think back, Matt, to this time last year, um, there, the place was just full of optimism, Kent football, but particularly in the National League. You know, our four clubs, there were great expectations. This season, it's somewhat different, and uh, we've got two that are struggling. 
Um, one who have, have surprised me with their results at Ebbsfleet, not going at all well. Uh, Neil Smith's doing well at Bromley uh, with one or two good results and one or two disappointing results, shall we say. But what's happened at Dover? What's happening at Maidstone? Because it's just not happening. What do you think the reason is? That there is a, in the National League a lot of sides who would pay a lot more money. Do you think, maybe apart from Ebbsfleet, the Dover, the Bromleys and the Maidstones are a little bit behind what they can pay to the other teams? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think uh, in the National League, we've got the haves and the have-nots. Those with big wage bills, and you know as well as I do, they are big. And we've got those who cannot afford that kind of money. And there is a big, big gap between the the haves and the have-nots. And some clubs just refuse to bridge that gap because they know it will put their club in difficulty. And... uh, Maidstone United, you know as well as I do, came back from the brink. Great to see them now, new stadium, everything. But they sail close to the wind because for financial reasons, they will not make the same mistake again. Dover, well, poor Chris Kinnear, the manager, won't want sympathy from me, but he's had to unpick a team. He's had to rebuild another team. So there's a lack of continuity in the Dover side. But, um, you know, Chris is a very experienced manager and uh, I would expect him to turn it round. Talking about managers, Jay Saunders, you know, seven years at Maystone United, lost his job, Harry Wheeler's come in. What's your views on the Jay Saunders? Were you surprised he left? Yeah, I was stunned. I was out of the county at the time and I got back that night and I flipped on the laptop to see what's happening. I saw Jay Saunders had gone and I was genuinely stunned. Others have told me, journos, well, no, we could see it coming. I couldn't see it coming. And I was genuinely surprised. I thought that... Uh, in view of the terrific job he'd done there, that he would have extra time. But uh, he hasn't. And Maystone have got a new manager in. Let's let's see how he does. But I've got to say, Harry Wheelie's a young manager. He's got his coaching badges and the rest of it. But will he be able to cope with the huge expectation there is at Maidstone? You go to Maidstone, Matt, and you're in among the supporters. They're expecting things. They, they're expecting big things. And where they are in the league is not what they expected at the start of the season. Yeah, one of the things we thought about, maybe that you know, the appointment of Wheeler, you know, when they when Jay Saunders left, they wanted somebody who'd managed in the Football League and knew the National League. Wheeler has managed level below. Does it show to me that if Steve Watt had done a good job, that he was unlucky, he lost three games by one goal to nil, if he'd have done a job, he'd have got the job? I think so. I think if Steve Watt, uh, what is it, three defeats? Yeah, one nil, yeah. He's yeah, done. and uh, he may, be, may have got the job. I think there was every chance. But, uh, you know, Steve has now gone and it's, uh, they've wiped the slate clean at Maidstone. It's a fresh start. But those supporters, and let's face it, you've been there, they love Jay Saunders, local boy, done well. They didn't want him to go. They were prepared to stick with him. And now he's gone, and I think Harry Wheeler has got to hit the ground running because the fans may be less than patient with him. Of course, we've got Welling and Dartford in the uh, National League South as well. Big change for Dartford over the summer, and we said in the, on the podcast, maybe a season of uh, re- rehabilitation for them and, and growing. You think that could be the case? Yeah, I mean, it's strange. I, w- I was up there last week, and uh, strange, Tony Berman's not there. Yeah. He's been there such a long time. And I saw him coming out of the ground, he tooted, waved. That was the only time I saw him. But yeah, I think it's uh, they're going through a, a transitional phase at Dartford got one or two players there that are quite useful but uh, again that is a very very tough division again a club with big wage bills and can Dartford compete I'm not so sure I think they will be happy for a mid-table finish some big si- big sides in there so and Welling Steve King knows this level and on paper we've said Welling have got a very good squad yeah as you say he knows this uh, 
this yeah. level and he knows players mm. he knows where the players are he knows how to get them and uh, they've stated in no uncertain terms they want to be successful this season and they're going for it it'll be a very tough uh, league and I just feel going back to Dartford if they were going to get out of it they've got to, we're going to get out of it last season it didn't happen it was a huge setback and now here they are with a new management team and uh, a fresh start, but uh, an awful lot to do. Yeah, for me, it could be a long sight, long season for coming to Kent. So I don't know, it's September, but just got that feeling in the air. Did you feel it? Yeah, I think it will be, yeah. But again, you've got to emphasise, it's only September. I mean, this time last year, let's go back to Gillingham and Plymouth Argyle. We're struggling, they were down the bottom. They were written off by their own supporters, but it's a long season. And gradually, both clubs rose up the table and were safe at the end of the season. Lots and lots of football to be played as yet. We'll see what happens. It's funny, isn't it, how a year can change so much. This time last year, I, I remember having that interview with Tony Hard where we said everything was looking up, everything was looking positive. And now here we are where our four National League teams at the moment can't seem to buy a win. Some of them are even struggling to buy a goal. Um, we'll look at Maidstone first. Harry Wheeler came in. His first game in charge was against Harrogate on Saturday. Um, Harrogate top of the league, which I don't think many people were expecting, although I think they're quite well backed and uh, they're, they're, they're a decent side. Maidstone struggled to get going. A, a very revealing interview with uh, Harry Wheeler on BBC Radio Kent after the game where having made them wait while he was chatting to the to the owner, or the co-owner Terry Casey and his assistants, um, he then spoke and said that he'd, after the performance on Saturday, there were a number of red crosses against his players. So you get the feeling that Harry Wheeler is going to be making some big changes to that Maidstone United squad in the coming weeks. Um, because I guess he, he, he needs a shake-up. And are the players that Jason has brought in in the summer... The, the right fit for Maidstone United. I'm really not sure that some of them are, are, are up to the level that they need. And it's an interesting one because you just don't know if the decision about Jay Saunders was perhaps bubbling under the surface, and I don't know if it was or not. Should they have made that decision at the start of the summer and then let whoever they wanted to bring in, Harry Wheeler ultimately, let him come and make his build a squad from the start when all the players are available? Because that's going to be Harry Wheeler's big problem is that most players, and he said this in that interview on Radio Kent, most players are under contract now and it's hard to just magic players up. So it's going to be a struggle for Maidstone. I think it's going to be a long, hard season, but they've just got to be patient with Harry Wheeler. Give an opportunity from what I also heard Terry Casey say again on the Sports Hub on BBC Radio Kent. Um, Wheeler blew everyone out of the water with his interview, really impressed everyone. And uh, it's interesting to see how, how they're going to go, but they've just got to be patient. They they travelled to Braintree on, on Saturday who are the only team in between Dover and Maidstone at the foot of the table. And then they travel to Aldershot on Tuesday, which is going to be a tough game for the Stones. But time will tell. Um, Ebbsfleet United are at home to Haven on Saturday, and then they play Bromley on Tuesday night at Stonebridge Road. And before that, Bromley travels to Solihull on Saturday. Um, I did promise you that you'd get to hear from him. So he was at the game on Saturday, the Dover against Solihull Moors game, which was 2-0 to the visitors. Um... And what I was really interested in was after the game, Jim Parmenter spoke and said, well, I, I found it a little bit strange, but he said him and Chris Kinnear had, had a long conversation and they've worked out a formula that's going to help them start picking up results. So I'm very interested in that. And uh, around his very, very many commitments, just like mine, Matt has recorded a quick little piece for us. So it's nice for me. I get to hear his voice. It's nice for you as well. So here he is. Here's Matt. 
It's a real shame, John. We're not there for the 50th episode, but yeah, talking about Jim Parmenter, the Dover chairman, fair play to him. He came to us after the game on Saturday when Dover v Solihull, which was an absolutely appalling game from two absolutely terrible teams. Um, Solihull was doing quite well this season, but they weren't as uh, as pretty bad as Dover were, but this Dover side is pretty, pretty dreadful. Um, There's no goals in the team. And Jim Palmer said he'd have to look at the, the whole club. We've got two weeks. They're going to need to plan him and Chris Kinnear how they're going to get out of the hole they're in at the moment. Um, that hole is a very deep hole. Um, I just don't know how they're going to get out of it at the current moment. But we'll have to see um, what they can do. Um, people complain about not sometimes maybe that it's the full-time issue. Um, the players are not full-time. But, you know, Chris Kinnear says that they train as much as any other team does it, just in the evenings on a Monday, Tuesday and a Thursday, and they're doing the analyst work, etc., like that. So, you know, maybe it's come to bite Dover on the backside that they've had all these players and never been able to give them. They don't give two-year contracts. Brundle got given a two-year contract. Allen got given a two-year contract. And so Silver got... Um, from that point of view. But they're missing Ilisami down the left-hand side, even though Smith has come in and done a really good job. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing in the team that could really excite you. And it is a concern. And I think Chris Kinnear, with the two games coming up, uh, all the shot on Saturday and Sutton away, if they get two successive defeats, maybe I don't agree with it, but I think that may be the end of Chris Kinnear. But a new manager is going to come in and look at that squad and think... Um, what we're going to do with this because they're going to want all new players coming in because half of them aren't good enough. Uh, Jim Palmer is going to have a look at it. Maybe the, is it throwing more money at it to get out of it? You know, he said the budget is decent at this level, but sometimes maybe you need that little bit of extra quality in attack because um, they're not likely to keep a clean sheet. But if you've got an attacking threat they've had previous years, uh, they'll be okay because David used to be the top goal scorers in this division, as Chris Kinnear keeps saying. But yeah, it's just struggling at the minute. Um, if we get out of it, and, and, and my concern is, as we spoke, heard from Tony Hudd, that it could be one of those seasons for the Kent clubs, that it could be such a long, hard season. Maidstone, same position as Dover, really. They're really going to struggle, I think, as well. There's no goals in their side as well, so they need to uh, thing. And I'm sure Harry Wheeler's going to do a lot of dealing in the transfer market. Ebsley, pretty, pretty shocked about them. They've got a big weekend as well, I think, two home games coming up. And Bromley. Maybe they've still got a bit of a hangover from the um, FA Trophy because they're going to be a bit inconsistent. All fair play to the likes of Welling and Tunbridge Angels who are making it um, a decent season so far. But yeah, really disappointing at Dover. And maybe when we speak next week and um, when you're back, will we have Dover have a new manager or be on the lookout for a new manager? I think um, unless they get some new players and it's going to be a long, hard season. But it's a long way to go. But somehow, you know, there's nothing in that team that can excite me and nothing that in a team I think will um, scare opposition, and that's something that David didn't do before. Oh, he's good, isn't he? I do miss him. Um, he obviously knows David pretty well, and, and you can tell he, you can tell how disappointed he is. In fact, he t- sent me a text the other day saying he was giving up on football if they got relegated. I don't know if he's calmed down a bit since then, um, but he uh, <laughs> he's also been busy running as well because he is doing a part run a week on Saturday, which is very funny and. Uh, well, it's not going to be very funny. It's it's really good for him to um to to be out doing that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's feeling pretty down about Dover, and I think there's a few players in there that if he was in charge, he he wouldn't like to be having in his first team. Um, so work to do for Dover, and you can tell there that Matt maybe thinks that this week, where they've got the games at Aldershot and at Sutton, tough places to go. This week could be a crucial week, and and the worrying thing is for me, from my point of view is the longer this goes on with all the the talk, Jim Parmenter can come out and say to everyone, 
all and sundry. I don't want to sack the manager. Oh, there's not going to be a change manager. But all the time the results say this, the speculation remains. Yeah, a lot of the speculation, granted, is coming from Matt and myself. But the speculation is going to be there because Dover are bottom of the league. They don't want to be bottom of the league. Dover are an established National League club now. They've they've flirted with the playoffs. They've got in the playoffs. Being bottom of the league is, is, is not good enough for them. And, and we're nearly... Well, after this time next week will be the end of September. And then you've got to start looking at it and thinking, do they need to make a change? But it could be a similar situation to what we've heard from from Harry Wheeler, though. Who can you bring in? What players can you bring in? What players are on their budget that they can go in, go out and bring in, unless they bring in a... I don't know how it's going to work. But ultimately, as you've heard Matt say, Dover need results and they need to get them quickly. Um, in the Bostick, the Premier Division, here's some good news for you, though. Tunbridge Angels are, after just seven matches, six points clear at the top after their win at Brighton Sea Region. And we spoke to Steve McKim a couple of weeks ago. What a fantastic job he's doing. They've still only conceded one goal in the league so far this season. And they're just doing absolutely brilliant. I'm really, really pleased for, for Tunbridge Angels and, and their supporters who've, you know, they've had it tough. They were obviously in the uh, National League South for a few seasons and they got relegated. I was actually there when they got relegated uh, by losing 7-1 at Chelmsford City. Um, the day and Tommy Wallow resigned straight after that game, and they've had to go back and rebuild. They've had off the field problems, but it now seems to me that they're on a firm footing, Tunbridge Angels. And um, under Steve McKim, they've they've been patient with him, and now they're building a good squad. I've I've spoke to a Tunbridge Angels fan who did sort of give the caveat of, "Oh, we haven't played any really good teams yet." But what really good teams are there in that league? Because the money's gone, because your dullages have gone up, because Billericay have gone up. It's, again, like the Southern Counties East League, it's an open division. And Tamra James have, have set their stall out now, and it's going to be tough for them now because they're there to be hit at. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season pans out, but so far, so very, very good for Tamra James. Folks in a fourth in the league after a 1-1 draw with Burgess Hill on Saturday, but might get up to seventh after Joe Taylor's header gave him the points at Worthing in a game where Leroy Lita came to the bench to make his debut. Uh, in the Bostick's South East division, Cray Wanderers have the only 100% record in that league after winning at Ashford, while Hythe halted Hastings' perfect start as Zach Hanser's hat-trick earned them a 3-1 win at Reachfields. Whitsville were 2-0 winners at Phoenix, and Sittingbourne overcame previously unbeaten Whiteleaf, while Faversham won 4-2 at Three Bridges and Ramsgate saw of Thamesmead 2-1. But VCD lost their 100% record as they went down 3-1 at East Grinstead, um, Herne Bay lost at Horsham, and Sevenoaks let a two-goal lead slip as they were held 2-2 by Haywards Heath on Saturday, and Sevenoaks are now bottom of the table after losing 2 at three bridges on Tuesday night, giving the Sussex side their first points of the season. While Whitswell and Hayward Heath drew 0-0 also on Tuesday night. Um, it's interesting the Bostic South East because we have got a lot of teams there. Cray Wanderers flying high. I'll go up and see them and have a catch-up with Tony Russell at some point while they're, while they're doing pretty well. Um, and But Sevenoaks, it's, I'm surprised that they've struggled so much. I, I saw them the other week and they were just making... Little mistakes, but Mickey Collins is a, is a passionate man, and I'm sure he'll be very concerned about them sitting bottom of the table. But like like we said about K Sports, it's early days; they're newly promoted. Um, you look at the table, or I will do when I can get it in front of me here, because I did have it open a moment ago, but I clicked it onto another tab, as you do when you're a, a busy man like my, like myself. But you look at that table, and they've got one point from five games, but there are. Up to 16th has only got three points. And, and, you know, there are teams that are struggling. There are teams who are doing well. We've got Cray on 15, got three teams on 12 and two on 10, including Highland and Faversham. But it's still early days, five games in. Um, obviously, the FA Cup has been has been in focus as well. And you've still got teams like 
and still, still teams finding their way. You look at Guernsey, uh, uh, up and down, they're inconsistent. Greenwich Borough, same really. They had one at home, then thrashed Guernsey on Saturday. And it, there are teams in this league that you never know what you're going to get with. And that's where the difficulty comes from, I suppose. And and all we've just got to assume is that at the moment, the bottom two are Seven Oaks and Herne Bay. And I'm sure those two teams will find a way of turning it round. But it is just a matter of time. There are some fixtures in the Southern Counties East League on Saturday. Um, a handful, shall we say. Cray meet Hythe um, at Hayes Lane, while Ash will travel to Haywards Heath. BCD hosts Seven Oaks and Wits will meet Three Bridges. And then on Sunday, Sittingbourne travel to Guernsey. Uh, there are games on Tuesday night as well. Uh, with Ashford hosting Sittingbourne, Hyde against Faversham, Phoenix meeting Greenwich Borough, Ramsgate against Herne Bay, and last year's Scaffold top two meet at the Belmont when Whitstable will take on Seven Oaks. For on Wednesday night, Cray host Whiteleaf and Thamesmead take on BCD. Um, in the National League South, Dartford grabbed an impressive late point on Billericay, earning a 1-1 draw in a game where they conceded two penalties. And Welling continued their good start to the season. They're up to fourth after they beat East Durham 2-0. Um, I kind of feel so far this season, the podcast, we've kind of glossed over the, the National League South a little bit um, because maybe we've only got the two teams in there. Um, we have kind of tried to get in touch with both of them and haven't really got anywhere so far this season, which is a, a little bit frustrating. And the opportunity to go to those games ha- hasn't also arisen for either of us so far. But an interesting league, the, the National League South, and it's one where you'd, you just would like a little bit more Kent interest because only having two teams out of, out of 22 in that league does make it a little bit tough. You know, you look at the at further down the pyramid, we've got a little bit more interest, especially in the southern, in the Bostic Southeast Division, where we've got lots of teams uh, all sort of vying for for there. And there's always lots to talk about there, but there's not so much to talk about in the National League South. But Dartford finding their feet, I think, under uh, managers Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan, who obviously took over in the summer. And, and it it is interesting. Where, you know, obviously, Tony Berman has left. It, it, when you take over... Manchester United fans will tell you that when you lose, lose a manager who's been there for such a long time, it's difficult to build and, and hit the ground running. But Darford are getting there. They brought in some... They keep working on bringing in players and, and I'm sure that they'll be absolutely fine this season. And Welling, well, Steve King knows this league. He knows how to get, get players in. He knows the players that he likes. He knows the way he wants to play. And so far, absolutely fine for Welling. Fourth place in the table. I'm sure they'd be absolutely thrilled with that come the end of the season. And to get through the campaign... The bit of stability would be really good for them. You know, they had obviously they chopped and changed last year. Jamie Coyle had was in charge. Now they've got Steve King. So just to get through this season and, and then hopefully be able to look into next season as well and just keep building because Welling are, are a big club. You know, they're, they're the sort of club that could easily fit back into the National League. There are many teams in the National League South who could, who could easily make the step up. But Welling, for me, growing up, they were always in, in the National League or, or the GM Vauxhall Conference as it was back in the day. And I always like to see them doing well. Um, especially because my cousin used to play for them, or my dad's cousin uh, used to play for them back in the day, uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, anyway, talking about Dartford and Welling, that leads me nicely to the FA Cup preview, uh, where both the Wings and the Darts are involved for the first time this season. Welling hosts Southern League Premier South side Chesham, it's easy for me to say, and the Darts are down at AFC Uckfield of the Southern Combination, and that should be a tie that Dartford will be Confident of winning because that, that's the same level as, as the Scaffold and you'd back the darts to beat any Scaffold team, but it's the FA Cup. You never really know what's going to happen. Elsewhere, Margate travelled to Concord. It's going to be a really tough tie for them against a team tipped to do well in, in the uh, National League South. And Sammy Moore, as you said last week, was the manager who ended Margate's FA Cup run last season. 
uh, when he was in charge of Leatherhead and uh, a local lad as well, Sammy from the from the Kent area, the East Kent area. So I'm sure he'll, he'll be keen to get one over the gate. But you never know in the FA Cup. Margate may go there. Leroy Leeds are obviously in their ranks now. They'll be hopeful. Uh, Irith take on Her- Haringey Borough in their tie, and, and obviously we wish Irith all the best in that one. Um, Travelling to Haringey Borough, Haringey have made great strides in recent years, but Irith and them have met in the London Senior Cup on a few occasions, and, and Irith have come out on top of that. Um, so you never know with that one. Irith have, have been scoring goals for fun lately, so I'm sure that Haringey Borough will have done their homework on them and be ready for that one. Uh, Tunbridge Angels will travel to face Dulwich Hamlet, which is a a really disappointing tie for Angels, who are desperate to make it through, um, to be handed an away tie at a team in the league above and, and a well-supported team in the league above is a pretty tough one. But I don't know. I can just see maybe see Tunbridge Angels getting up there on Saturday and maybe forcing a replay, bringing them back to Longmead. And at Longmead, I think I'd back the Angels. So fingers crossed for Steve McKim and Tunbridge Angels. Um, it's going to be tough for Ramsgate as they make the long trip to face Gosport Borough, who beat Sittingbourne in the last round. Um, Gosport obviously have been up in the National League South as well, so they're a, a, a decent club. They've had, certainly had their fair share of off, off-field problems, um, but Ramsgate will go down there. And, and I suppose they've got nothing to fear. I remember last year they were beaten, I think it was 7-1 um, at this sort of stage of the competition when they went to play Chelmsford. Um, I'm sure that won't happen to them again on Saturday. And, and they could, you know, be nice for them to, to get a result because we could see them get through. Phoenix travel to Hendon as well. Phoenix having an OK start to the season, but disappointed to have lost to Whitstable. Um, but Hendon, always a tricky place to go, always a good side. And uh, I still fondly, I don't know if fondly is the right word, but I still recall very well uh, the crazy game of football that I saw that finished Margate 4, Hendon 4. Defending that night was absolutely non-existent, but I always have a bit of a soft spot for Hendon as a result of that, because I had a bit of banter with their Twitter account that night. And uh, finally, Cray, Cray Valley PM of the Scaffold are away at Oxford City in the FA Cup over the weekend. Um, so it's going to be an interesting weekend. It is conceivably we could lose all of our teams in the FA Cup um, apart from maybe Welling and Dartford um, all the ones from lower down I think have got really tough ties and they're going to have to be at their best to, to progress but it's the FA Cup isn't it absolutely anything can happen um, I feel like before I go since as Matt's not here I should um, make some TV recommendations or something but um, yeah I've not been watching a lot because I've, I've literally had no time Um I must admit that we're kind of big brother fans in our house, so we're catching up on that a little bit. Um, obviously, the last series of that, which is a little bit sad. I don't think Matt would be keen for me to be talking about big brother on the podcast. Um, obviously, Bodyguard. I mean, if you're not watching Bodyguard, what are you doing with your lives? Um, that is absolutely phenomenal. Can't wait to see how that pans out on Sunday uh, in the final episode. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to catch up on the plan. I'm sure Matt's still watching Friends or something. Or what's that thing? Dress to impress? Um, I mean, he, he pinned that on his daughter, but I'm pretty sure that uh, he, he quite likes it himself. Um, and obviously, Matt's also doing his running training, which we'll talk about uh, next week on the podcast, on your Kent Long podcast, which will be with you next Thursday, I think, because, again, life just gets in the way sometimes. And that gives us a little bit of time to uh, reflect on what's happened on Tuesday night, because it could be a big, big night in our for our National League uh National League teams, especially if, if results don't go the way of a certain team who play in white and black and are supported by my co-host, Mr. Gerard. Um, anyway, yeah, that is it for this week's Kent Nonley podcast. As I say, um, it is a different one from normal, but I hope you still manage to enjoy it. Uh, I do know that I prattle on a little bit and, and that my voice can be quite annoying. And I do apologise for that. Absolutely. But um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Matt for sending that in. Thanks to Tony Hud for his time. 
Um, and thanks to K Sports and Deal for, for chatting to me on Saturday as well. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non League. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, then please give us a review. That that would be nice. Give us a review on on iTunes. That would help us up the rankings or something. We've had one which was very positive. Also, you can review us on Facebook and just sort of give us a bit of a boost because it's always nice for us to know that people like us. And um, we'd, we'd be really appreciative of anyone who goes out and says, yeah, these guys are good and recommends it. And, and do you know what? If you've got a friend who's, who's into non-league football in Kent who doesn't listen to the podcast, give them a little nudge. Just say, look, there's this, there's this programme here. This, these two idiots, um, they talk about ice creams and chocolate and television and then they get into some non-league football stuff and and it it's actually very entertaining hopefully but just let people know that we're out there because it'd be great to spread the word and keep on improving our, our listening figures this season have been really good and, we're, and we're, we are really really grateful um to everyone who listens uh, i'm just racking my brain here because i'm saying matt normally makes some smart comment at the end of the podcast and i'm just trying to think what he might say um today so i'm just going to wrap up now and I can say thanks to everyone for listening and we will be back with you next week. I hope you got on right at the dentist.